This is Phil Askew and A Mission That Matters, Episode 2. Hey, how are you doing? So in today's episode, I want to talk about what it is to be visible and to be seen. Um, and I think it's become particularly pertinent for me at the moment because I have um, obviously just recently launched this podcast and I've been updating my website and I've been getting more visible. And I'm noticing how vulnerable that feels, actually. So I've been doing this work for 11 years and I help other people get visible all the time. And so you would think that there would be a little bit more, well, I would have imagined that there would be a bit more kind of um, ease and flow with getting visible. But actually, it's an edge. It's a huge edge in being seen. Um, it's almost like I think the, you know, the story is that, you know, I have great work to do in the world, as do you, as do the coaches and the clients I work with. They have great work to do in the world. Um, and there's change that they are called to lead. Um, but they do battle with being seen. And it's like, okay, I can talk about what it is I do over there, but actually don't look at me, you know, don't kind of focus your awareness and attention on me. And actually, I think we can do this a lot. We can um, either numb out or we can kind of avoid taking on board the um, the sense that actually it is me who's doing this, you know, ownership, permission. And I think that's what I want to talk about today. And I think this has come to the fore recently because I have been getting more visible personally myself of late, what with having this new podcast and putting that out there, and with pivoting slightly with my brand. Well, I actually have a couple of brands, and maybe I should introduce them to you so that you can know a little bit more about the background and what's been kind of coming up for me. So I have uh, a company called Purpose Into Practice, and um, I coach people, mission-led entrepreneurs and individuals, coaches, change makers to really understand their why and to own their impact. Um, and once they fully own that and embody it and know that this is the work that they're here to lead, I then help them turn that into a movement or a business or a practice. And so I love doing this work. It's uh, powerful stuff and it's not all of me. Another side of me, a very important and powerful side of me, powerful in the sense that I need to act on it and I need to give it the time of day, is my photography. So I have a photography brand called All Light is Fire. And I also have a website for that too. And so it's it's been fascinating noticing how um, those two brands are part of me, uh, but they are not me, so to speak. I am a human being that sits behind of that. And so I was talking to a friend the other day, Anita, who helps me with my marketing and my branding. And um, she was saying, well, um, do you know what's behind all of this is Phil Askew, you, <laughs> you know, Phil Askew, the brand. And I think that what really made me cringy for a moment was um, she said, you realize that the master brand is Phil Askew. And I was like, oh, my God, really? It was tough. It was really cringy. I just felt like, my God, you know, that means I am front and center or or rather that I can't necessarily hide behind those brands. Yeah, it's it's me. Um, and I am the originator of those. And I found it super easy to actually push out content for purpose into practice and take photos and do people's portraits for all light is fire. Really easy to talk about those and why they're important things. Um, but when it came to actually taking on board the possibility that behind everything is me, Phil Askew, it was tough. 
it was a tough one to uh, to hold on to to get my head around um i did battle for many years when i started out life as a coach uh, and being a solopreneur i did struggle very much in in getting visible i think i will post off on facebook and almost feel a little bit um not ashamed, but a little bit shy of putting things out. I would have opinions and I would have ideas and I would share them in my status updates. And I would think twice about pushing return to publish them because it was like, well, who am I to have that opinion? And oh God, look at him, you know, look at him with his, um, <laughs> with his powerful, powerful words. Mm. I didn't want to fall into that trap. And it was an assumption, of course. It was an assumption that, um, you know, people were going to judge me. And of course, we have this inbuilt shame avoidant self, which makes us not want to stand out from the crowd. But the thing is, you know, it's like, I thought it was my ego, and I thought it was big headed. And I would notice people putting stuff out in in, uh, social media. And in, uh, you know, the live world, the actual physical world. And I would think, wow, there's photos of themselves, there's content that they've created. And I wouldn't judge it, I would look at it and think, well, that's useful to me. That's really, um, right up my alley, or it's not. Uh, But I love what they're doing. I love the stand that they're taking. So it's not, oh, look at me. (laughs) It's, hey, look at me. I'm helping you to do something different. So it was really interesting, the responses and the reactions that I got. And I would always get on, always, there we go again, you know, I'm kind of underplaying it. I would get responses from people once I'd put something meaningful or truthful or authentic out onto Facebook. And I would get really lovely responses from them. Like, well, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate you sharing that vulnerable space. Um, It means that I can do the same. So it was a really fascinating journey for me. Um, And I'm still learning how to do it, how to unfold it further. So how do we genuinely put the work that matters to us out there and stand behind it and have the poise and the passion to talk about it from a place of courage and authenticity. Well, some ideas might be to make your individual mission be fully about them, fully about those people that you are impacting and are called to be in service of. And I think once we make the mission about them and we look over a distinct demographic of people and we see the pain that they're struggling with, then suddenly I don't know about you, but in me, there's a compulsion to, there's a there's a, um, a natural shift which pivots from a place of, okay, so this is about me trying to sell what it is that I'm doing, talking about, well, you know, my coaching is this, that, and the other, through to a place of, I'm helping people resolve this particular pain. And when I do that, I notice that I can suddenly get on board with it and I get bigger, I get more visible, and I feel like I want to climb the mountain and plant the flag and tell people this is what I'm helping people with. Because I am a catalyst for change, if you like. Uh, What it is I do, coaching, you know, is a catalyst. Um, It is a kind of methodology for helping people change their perceptions and um, to see life in a different way, to open up possibilities. Um, But then I have to think for the sake of what? And for the sake of what is always a great thing, a great filter to run your world work through. It's like, you know, why are you doing this? Why is it important? What is the impact that you want to have? And when we run it through that filter, I think we can suddenly own it and we can get bigger because we're called to help those people who we see struggling. 
So a great one to run it through. You know, what's more important than looking good? What's more important than having your brand perfect, having your logo done, having your colors right? What is more important than that? Where are you called to be in service in the world and you're holding back? Because actually we don't need you to hold back. We don't need that brand to be bang on perfect. We want you to stand out and to lead us. Um, Seth Godin is a great guy to uh, read up on and to listen to. He has a great podcast as well called Akimbo. Yeah, he talks about this too. You know, it's like your tribe is waiting for you to lead you and they're not waiting to assess your typeface, <laughs> the typeface that you've decided to plump for on your new website. They are not parked and waiting to judge you. They are waiting to be led by you. So I want to encourage you to dare to declare what you care about and to start putting that out on the social media to start telling your friends, you know, this is what I take a stand for. This is what I care about because we need you to do that. There's a distinct tribe of people out there who are waiting for you to get visible. They're waiting for you to plant that flag so that they can look up and cut through the bullshit and cut through the noise and they can see, wow, there's somebody who's taking a stand for my predicament. I'm going to go to them. Because if actually, if you're trying to attract in clients or you're trying to find, um, people to buy your product or connect with you, then, you know, they want that help. They're already seeking out somebody to help them with those battles, with those struggles. So you really have to understand that you don't necessarily need to sell. You don't need to sell yourself, but you need to declare what you take a stand for. Uh, and we're like waiting for you. Uh, we, we need to see you. This life is noisy and uh, we thrive on you know, uh, repetition and speed and content of delivery, or we don't thrive on that, but we are bombarded with it. And so when you can cut through that and you can elevate yourself above that and you can show that you take a stand for something, you're going to stand out from the rest of the crowd. And that's what we want you to do because you genuinely have work to do in this world in whatever form you have a change to lead. And I want to encourage you to do that. Own your impact, my friends. And so that's it for episode two. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you're taking something away that you can use in your own life. Uh, please get in touch. Send me an email if anything's been provoked for you or, or has come up for you. Uh, you can get me on phil at purposeintopractice.com. Uh, you can also send me a voice message if you are using Anchor to listen to this or if you are a podcaster using Anchor. That's what I love about it. I, I received a few last time after episode one and it was really heartwarming to listen back to those and just just to hear your voice. You know, sometimes this can feel like a one-way dial, a one-way conversation, a bit of an echo chamber. So it's lovely to hear your thoughts and reflections after hearing the episode. Thanks a lot. And uh, until next time, be well. <laughs>